0: Hello and welcome to the Theology Meets Reality podcast, the podcast for people who seek to follow Christ in the midst of the messiness of life and parenting. We are Greg and Lisa Casimir, and we're not afraid to deviate from the norm of culture, even Christian culture, to make sure that we're applying what we believe about God to how we live. In season one, we're talking all about identity and what makes us who we are and how we're seen by ourselves and by others. In this episode, episode three, we're talking about personality. A big and fun part of our identity is our personality. We'll talk about Myers-Briggs typing in the popular Enneagram and how helpful or not these can be in our Christian walk, in our marriage, and in our parenting. This is going to be a fun and practical episode. All right, Greg, I'm excited about this podcast. I'm a big Myers-Briggs lover because it's part of my personality to like Typing people.
1: Yeah. Well i I uh I like people better understanding my personality because it helps me get along with people better.
0: I know. I feel like how can somebody not really like it? I guess if they don't see themselves in their own personality, which means they're probably mistyped.
1: Or <laughs> they're just like you're not like I am, which for me I'm I'm introverted. So like people who are extroverted, like they, I feel like they just kind of come at me with their personality and all their everything. And I kind of shut down and then they're like, and I'm like, Ugh. anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. So since we already said you're an introvert, let's just kind of dive right into it. Both of us are introverts and I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about introverts. So what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about your personality?
1: Um, That I want to be left alone. And that I don't talk. Yeah. Probably more the don't talk part than the left alone part because most people don't care. But um, definitely the uh, that I don't have anything to say or that I'm quote unquote quiet.
0: Yeah. That is something that really bothers me. I, I think it bothers a lot of introverts, like the idea that introverts are quiet or introverts are shy. Like a lot of introverts aren't actually quiet or shy. <laughs> We're just constantly talked over. Constantly. So that's kind of All,
1: there's no, there's, <laughs> there's frequently no breathing breaks for us to say something. If someone doesn't stop the conversation to pointedly ask us our opinion, we're not gonna interrupt most of the time.
0: Yeah, I think we're less likely to interrupt, and then also like we don't just share everything. The idea of an introvert is that they do most of their thinking inside their head before they say something. So we don't just say anything like we filter. So we're not just going to tell you there's like gum on my shoe. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're like, that's not important (laughs) (laughs) enough to like tell everybody in this group right now, whereas somebody else is still rambling on about like the gum in their shoe. And so we don't have time to share something (laughs) deep. Um, So we're going to talk about that and about, um, small talk. And I found something really interesting about that. But yeah, one thing that really bothers me is that, um, that we're quiet and we don't like to talk and or that we're shy because I know some introverts actually don't really like to talk that much, but like, that's not true for me. I actually really feel comfortable, um, public speaking or being a teacher. I'm more comfortable being in front of a group teaching than in like a small group of people I don't know very well because when I'm the teacher, it's my turn to talk, so I don't have to like figure that out. Like, what should I say, and is it okay to say it, and like, what are they going to think? I'm. It's just I have the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I have the opportunity to speak about something that I am knowledgeable of, I I can talk at length. Um, but I'm not. I'm not going to take the floor to yeah. talk about the subject that I have like in a meeting or in a public setting of some kind I'm not gonna just I'm not just gonna start talking when they're like okay who has any ideas like I'm not gonna be the first one to just start talking out loud
0: yeah I think I always found that in class like if we were in you know in school or um if you if there was a question raised to the class we would like think about it first and then want to share. But meanwhile, somebody else has already like started telling their thing that they haven't thought through yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think yeah, that's and they're what coming happens. up with it as they go. yeah, Right. Um, and we aren't like anti extroverts. We have some kids that are extroverts and like extroverts are super helpful. Very <laughs> in helpful. fact, in like pulling us out and helping us meet other people and like getting us out of our shells, kind of thing. But, um, introverts do actually like to talk. We do have things to say. Um,
1: as evidenced by the fact that we two introverts are doing a podcast,
0: which we like doing because nobody (laughs) else is bothering us. I mean, interrupting us, but we think through what we say yes, and then we say it. I don't know. I mean, I, I think extroverts do too. When it's on a podcast, it'd be really impressive if they just like talk from their head. Maybe some do. Maybe. Um, let's kind of follow that by talking about small talk and why it's so much work. The reason I think it's we don't like it as introverts is because it's actually a lot of work for us to do small talk, whereas it seems to come naturally for extroverts. Yeah, And I think the reason is because we think through everything we say and kind of filter and go, that's not important. That's not important. That... And small talk is like, the definition is like talking about things that are unimportant. Yeah. And so it's hard for us who are used to talking about things that we value to talk about something of no value I don't know. It's it like really is hard for me to like think of things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, there was, uh, I, I, I do a really poor job of like doing small talk in the hallways, um, at my former job. And there was one day I was passing by someone and I'd noticed that they have a new car outside because they, you know, they park in generally the same spot every day. So I know that that's their new car. And, I actually had something to talk about with him, his new car. And that would have like would be small talk where I'm like, Oh hey, that you know, you got a new car, that's awesome. Turned into like a twenty five minute conversation in the hallway where we ended up talking about gardening. Like it just that
0: I do think it helps if we plan something like yeah. sometimes I will do that. If I'm going into like a social situation, I'll try to like think of something to use as like kind of a small talk or how do we enter in? Cause otherwise it's like I mean?
1: the weather or how are you doing? Great. Good. Have a great day. Bye. Finger guns.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you find difficult to deal with in another person's personality? just like one thing for now
1: just one thing uh for me it's uh just the like the, the it's the the constant talking like they just they don't they don't stop like i have valuable <laughs> things to say but i can't say them i won't say them because i'm not the type of person to interrupt right and stop someone like this may eventually get get someplace useful i don't know history <laughs> you know leans towards one side rather than the other but you know um so it, it's it's very hard for me to stay tuned in when a person uh, an extroverted person is going on and on and uh i, I lose focus on it and that i don't really know what we're talking about and a little bit later when it's over
0: yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, I think that's similar. Um, and also just like not, yeah, I guess not giving me space to share. Um, it, it, my personality type, one of the negatives is I end up knowing a lot about other people and then people don't necessarily know a lot about me. Um, so if, yeah, I just feel like if they're not interested then.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, kind of by the same token, like... It's hard to make like friends when they won't, they're not interested in knowing about you. Anyway,
0: there's something that kind of I was, I wanted to fit this article in at some point and it might be a good spot to talk about it now, even though we're just jumping into this podcast. Um, Talking about introverts and extroverts and like socializing. So, like, the. You know, the kind of the stereotype on the internet is like introverts like to stay in, like they don't want to go out, they wanna be home reading their book or whatever. And introverts do like to be home and read their book because the difference between introverts and extroverts is not about being shy or how much you talk, it's about where your energy comes from. So extroverts get energy from being around other people and that gives it fuels them. Whereas being around other people um, oftentimes drains introverts and they fill up, they refuel by doing something, um, either by themselves or like with a smaller group. So something like reading a book or, you know, going for a walk or something, just time to think. Um, and so when you're talking about going out, introverts do like to go out. We like to socialize. We like to have friends. We like to go to parties and restaurants and activities and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this article that I found it's on, um, introvert dear, and it's by Rachel Ginder and she's talking about like socializing and the introvert. And she says like for her extroverted friends, they're looking, they're always looking for something to do on the weekend, on the holidays and work nights and pursuing socializing is their end goal. Like they want to socialize and that's their goal. But our goal as introverts is socializing is to like get to know other people usually. yeah. Um, and for other people to go to, um, to get to know us. And so she says, when the author of this article says, when I socialize, I'm not just looking for a way to pass the time. I already have a full list of hobbies and interests and not enough hours in the day to enjoy them all. But I'm looking for a new person with whom I can share my passions and the world. Or of course, like getting to know your friend better or spending time with your friend. And so for us, it's the relationships like within that group that's valuable to us. Like not just going and hanging out and just doing small talk with like a huge group of people and going home like that sounds miserable. Yeah. But just talking to someone, and it doesn't have to be like super deep, but just kind of relating to people. That's what introverts want. that's kind of an interesting difference. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even say kind of what we're going to cover today, but we're going to talk about our personality types, Greg and mine, you guys will get to know us a little bit better. We're going to talk about personality types in relation to God's image, because that's what we're talking about is our identity and who God has made us to be. We're going to talk about marriage and parenting this time because our podcast is about theology, but it's in the context of life, which includes family, marriage, and parenting. And we're going to talk about how typing has been helpful in our marriage. Knowing our kids' personality has been really helpful. Knowing all four of our kids. Very helpful. And then we're going to talk about how you how God uses our personalities to do his work for the kingdom. So... We're going to start by talking about Myers Briggs and Enneagram, which are two different ways that personalities are typed. Um, Myers Briggs is my favorite, but Enneagram is seems to be like more popular right now, or maybe it's just kind of come up in popularity. Lots um, of people
1: with lots of time on the internet looking for stuff to do. Well, like when you look at the <laughs> history the of it, like
0: Enneagram's like pretty old. Oh, really? But so I don't know if it's just like surged. I think it has like. Per- more recently surged. Um, and there's advantage of both. So Myers Briggs puts people into 16 different personality types. There's four components of each. Um, you're either an introvert or an extrovert. You're either intuitive or sensing feeling or thinking, and then judging or perceiving. And there's a lot to go into to each of those, but you're basically a combination of those types, which makes 16 types. And, um, then the enneagram is a little bit different because there's nine personality types and they're each numbered from 1 to 9 and um those types there's a couple of different um aspects of the enneagram system that's kind of unique and helpful as far as it shows you like how you connect with other people um because it, they they are on a circle and there's like lines to show you how you connect with other people. They talk about your wing personality, which is the one, one of the ones next to you that you're kind of like. Okay. There's a couple other kind of neat aspects of it that like you don't usually see in the Myers Briggs type. They also talk about um, your like center, whether you have an instinctive center, a thinking center, or feeling center, and then like what your unconscious emotional responses, which I think was really interesting to find. Whether it's fear, anger, rage, or shame, those are neat. And there's a lot of kind of deeper stuff you can go into with Enneagram if you want to, as far as like things that stress you out, things that help you, growth and kind of stuff like that. But let's talk about our types. Um, Let's do Enneagram first. So um, (laughs) I'm type one, which is called the reformer, which means like i'm constantly trying to like change things and make them better which is like completely me because i i because i'm that's my personality like i'm motivated (laughs) and i want to do it better yeah and i when i kind of think about it it proves it's my personality when i think about well like what else would you do just like stay the same your whole life like (laughs) are you just gonna be like is that like acceptable to just
1: just coasting on for the rest of your life
0: exactly um, one of the things that's kind of like harsh about Enneagram is they also include like these negative characteristics of each. They don't even describe it really as weaknesses, they're just like traits. So uh type one is described as principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. I have had perfectionistic problems in the past, <laughs> but I am I really think I'm mostly beyond it. You've gotten a lot better, that is for sure. Um so we're holding these lightly, of course, because these are just like types that people have put but it can be helpful to kind of like help you identify and then tell others hey i like to improve things that's part of my personality right 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 um and then greg just took the test and you ended up a five you're a five do you remember what your name is nope (laughs) (laughs) on this one it says the investigator i think the other one said you're like curious or something
1: i don't know
0: you're an investigator um, this is from the Enneagram Institute, so that's official. Oh, so this is your perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Isolated sounds a little harsh, but, uh,
1: I do like this keep to myself.
0: <laughs> but when on the like centers, you're thinking, which makes sense, that matches with, yep. What do you call it? Myers-Briggs. And I'm instinctive, which matches with Myers-Briggs too. Um, and so those are just kind of like interesting to think about. I have not, tried to like type our kids just because I'm not super into Enneagram but if you are and you found it useful then that's cool um Myers-Briggs I've been really into for years I've read a couple books and I've typed like well Greg and I have have our types and I've typed all of our kids and sometimes I try to type like family members without telling them but that's like totally (laughs) What I do, um, I'm an INFJ, which is like the rarest Myers-Briggs type, but basically the INFJ, I have it here, um, really care about knowing other people. Um, so it's introverted, intuitive feeling and judging. Um, It says they're usually reserved, but highly sensitive to how others feel. Typically idealistic with high moral standards and a strong focus on the future. Enjoy thinking about deep topics and contemplating the meaning of life. And then there's a lot more that you can look up about that, of course. But that's kind of like a summary. And then Greg is similar in that his personality starts with I.N. Do you remember what you are for Myers-Briggs? I N. Yeah, TP. yeah. So that's introverted, intuitive, thinking, and then... um, Perceiving. Perceiving, there you go. It says, for his type, they're often described as quiet, as analytical. They enjoy spending time alone, thinking about how things work, coming up with solutions to problems, have a rich inner world, and would rather focus their attention on their internal thoughts than the external world. I don't feel like you're, like, as reserved as they're, like, making you out to be, but I guess... You live with me.
1: (laughs) So, you get... Oh,
0: my gosh. You're, like, super reserved.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am. Okay. I I am, but I... uh, I super like you, (laughs) and we live together in blissful marriage, so I'm not as reserved around you, but, like... Yeah. I, you know, I in around other people and in, in public settings like very much so like i'm i thinking about what i might say to that person over there who looks like i could talk to them but it's by the time i come up with something to say that's really just basic uh simple conversation uh, someone else is probably going to come over and start talking to them and it's like whew, <laughs> that's past i don't have to worry about that anymore i'm going to sip my drink a little more it does eat another cracker or
0: something so you're like an introvert who's hoping they don't have to talk to people. Yes. Oh, see, so yeah, I'm an introvert who does want to talk to people. It's just like a hurdle I have to overcome.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we learned no, something I'm, new. I, uh, it says no, you're difficult it, to get to know Yes, on this thing. Yes, that's <laughs> Yeah, I am. And that's like the friends that I have are very dear to me because I've taken... Considerable effort (laughs) to get to know them, have them get to know me, and have like common interests that we can talk about and stuff. And so, small talk in the hallway is brutal to me. And I would just as soon pass you without saying anything, except that's horribly (laughs) unloving.
0: That's a good segue to our next (laughs) thing. So, basically, if You talk to somebody, they should feel really, really special.
1: They really should. (laughs) They really should. Because I've been thinking about this conversation. (laughs) I've come up with things to say. I've remembered the things that we talked about last time. And I will bring it up again. Like, you know, uh, asking someone how their family member is who had a surgery or got injured or whatever, checking up three weeks, four weeks out even if i only see them you know once a day or once a week or once every other week or something
0: yeah it is true that generally with introverts like this we have a smaller group of friends but they tend to be like a deep relationship it's usually not surface cuz like we just don't want to invest much in like surface level relationships
1: yeah i know how the weather is <laughs> it's on my phone i, I can didn't look out the window like
0: how <laughs> <sighs> yeah okay Okay, but you were saying you don't want to talk to people in the hallway, but you do because otherwise that would be really mean.
1: Yeah, I can't just like I can't just pass them by.
0: Right. So that's perfect segue cuz we're going to talk about our personalities and living out God's image. So everybody has a certain personality, like whether you type it or not, like we're all born with a personality. But it doesn't trap us, like we're not so stuck like always being this way or keep us from any sanctification. And it's not an excuse. Um, I have heard people kind of use their, you know, well, you know, I just like, I just talk a lot and that's how I am. Like I've always been that way or whatever. And it's like, you, you, you need to rein that in. Could use self-control. <laughs> like One it's a, it's not bad spirit. to talk a lot, but there are times when you shouldn't talk a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I shouldn't, I should use an example of like our type, right. Where we're like, we want to stay home. We don't want to participate. And we should be like, well, <laughs> Get out you there. need to actually participate. Right. Um, So yeah, so an example is like some personalities, it would be hard to practice hospitality, for example, but like God calls every person to practice hospitality. As an example, we're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to serve others, to give generously, to be quick, to listen, slow, to speak, all that, all those things. Those are not like personality dependent. So we can't use like how we, how we were made as an excuse to not follow Christ. So if we're going, as we're going to be like Christ, we will still be ourselves, but we'll be like a holier version of ourselves and we will manifest God's image in a better way as we're sanctified.
1: Yeah, our personality type, you know, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, or otherwise, like it doesn't preclude us from loving other people, even if it requires us to be counter to what our personality strengths are.
0: Yeah, and it should be something that we're, like working on, because as, you know, sanctification, like as we're growing, we should be getting better at. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you can still be an introvert and just, you know, entertain friends every once in a while or whatever.
0: Right. Another advantage I think I'm thinking through personalities is recognizing that all personalities are part of God's image. So the person who's quick to make decisions or the person who's always concerned about what others will think The quiet, thoughtful person and the loud, humorous, always moving person are all created in God's image, and we need all of them to make a complete church. The body needs many parts and many different parts. If you think about the passage from 1 Corinthians, where it says the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Um, God arranges the members in the body, each of them as he chose. So we need all personality types in the church. And also because we all reflect God's image, not just some people. And I think that can help us to make sure that we're including different personality types, like in the larger church. And also that we are being loving and considerate to those who are just really different from us, or maybe like kind of great on us because their personality is really different, um, to recognize that they're That's part of God's image as well. Yeah. Um, We're called to live at all, live at peace with all people as far as it depends on us. And we're called to love others and consider others more important than ourselves. When we do these things, we have, we can soften our hearts towards personalities we don't understand or those that dislike, we dislike, or that annoy us. And another interesting thing I was thinking about is like how we relate to God is different based on our personalities. Another way to like prevent kind of judging other people is to think about some people connect with God in a different way, whether it's through like a complete silence or through loud worship music in large groups or through nature and adventuring. Like, obviously we're all called to worship God and to pray, called to fellowship, stuff like that. But our relationships to God and our practices, like aren't going to be cookie cutter.
1: Right. So a good example is that if you're at a small group or a church meeting or something, don't um don't like don't think less of someone who has in what is in your opinion a short and contrite prayer or a very long and elaborate one. Um one, they could be actually like coming out of their comfort zone to say that public prayer. And that's why it's coming across the way that it is. But also like that could just be the way that they best uh, relate to God in prayer. Um, so don't begrudge them. That was the word I was trying to think of earlier. Don't begrudge them Get their prayer type because it is an extension of their personality and their uh, relationship with God.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, we're gonna talk about marriage and how personality typing has been helpful in our marriage. Um so I don't know how I think we've known each other's types for a while. Obviously, I like I care a little bit more more about this than you do. But um we've known each other's types for like a long time.
1: It's been quite a while, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember when specifically, but it was after we got married that we did the Myers Briggs. Wasn't it?
0: I mean, I know that I have known my type for a really long time, like I think since high school.
1: So it was after we got married that you did my personality type.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Or that we like kind of started talking about it and thinking about it. Yeah. Um, But like, let's kind of talk now about how it's helped us in our marriage. Sure. In our marriage. Um, I think it helps us to explain ourselves to each other.
1: Right. So yep. the, the, our two differences are uh, the P and the J, the judging and the uh, perceiving. Right. And then the T and F.
0: Yeah. So let me just say real yeah. quick like what those are. Um, T and F, the thinking versus feeling, doesn't mean that a thinker doesn't feel and a feeler doesn't think. It just means um, with decision-making, the T, the thinker tends to put more weight towards, um, what like an analytical style decision, um, like thinking about a problem, problem analytically kind of black and white sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas a feeling person also thinks about things, but they're, um, also very concerned about how people will feel not just themselves, but other people. Like I will like think, well, how will that make my mom feel if we make this decision kind of thing. Um, And then the J and the P J doesn't mean that J stands for judging. It doesn't mean you're judgmental. It just means it talks about the way that you decision make versus perceiving. So a judging person likes to get information and make a decision. And once the decision's made, then their stress is less because they have called a judgment. And then a perceiving person just loves to take in information. They're constantly taking information, more information. And so they tend to be slow decision makers and the stress comes when making a decision because then they're done taking in information. Or they like to just keep getting information.
1: Yeah, it's almost uh, very prone to uh, analysis paralysis. You're just taking in information and you're wary to make a decision on it because you're concerned that you don't have enough information to know that you got the right decision yeah. from it.
0: I think that one probably... Do you think that's like a bigger spot where we like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Very much so. Because I, I need information. I need lots of information. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Let me get some more information and get back to you.
0: Yeah. So since we're both introverts... We generally understand kind of like, even though we're different introverts, as we've kind of talked about, we generally understand what we need. So like, I'm not offended if you're like, I need some space. I'm going to go somewhere by myself. I'm like, okay, I, yeah. get, I get it. Yep. And you understand the same with me. Um
1: Sometimes a nice quiet evening reading books separately is exactly what we both need. Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: So that's an that's an advantage that we have that together. There is a disadvantage to us both being introverts because sometimes it would be nice <laughs> to have somebody, especially because now that I'm really realizing, like I'm the most extroverted of both of us, yeah, yeah. it would really be nice to have somebody who would be like, "Hey, let's." I'm getting together a group of friends and planning it, and you can just come, and I'll be like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> um,
1: that would take me years to pull off.
0: The the thinking feeling part, I feel like. I feel like your thinking is an asset to my feeling usually.
1: Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think like I'm a thought I do. I am analytical, but like I can't completely separate it from how people are going to feel. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go, well, they're going to be sad, but we need to do it anyway. But like I have to, th- I care that they're sad and you're like, <laughs> yeah. But the J and the P, the judging versus perceiving is one of the things that we kind of butt heads with i guess or kind of come up against yeah because you put off making decisions a lot because you're trying to get more information
1: yes absolutely and And it's not procrastinating
0: a point of stress for me is having unmade decisions yeah so (laughs) that's a problem
1: yes it's been a problem a couple times
0: it can be an advantage because sometimes i can plan something and go this is what we're doing on saturday and you'll be like fine that's cool Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, the decision was made. Great.
0: So that can work, but if it's a decision you have to make, or we have to make together, then it seems like it's just so paralyzingly slow for me, and it stresses me out a lot.
1: Well, it's good because it's stressing me out too.
0: (laughs) And you should just make the decision.
1: Fun times, ahoy!
0: So that's really helpful to have. It's like a neutral third party, the typing system, to like help us explain ourselves to each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the the p and the j um before we knew that i was the perceiving for against lisa's judging uh it did it did uh it butted some heads a couple times um and once we realized that difference then it became easier to know that that was something that was going to happen um when it came time to make a decision and i i can make quick decisions um I just generally don't.
0: Yeah. And it's helpful for me to, to read about it in the type system because I could look at it like, well, he's just procrastinating and like not (laughs) making a decision. He's (laughs) just being lazy.
1: It does look like that. a lot,
0: But that's not actually what it is. So it's, it's been helpful because we tend to, it also helps you realize your uniqueness because you tend to go, I thought everybody thought like that. Or I thought everybody did that. Yeah. But then you're like, no, actually not (laughs) everybody (laughs) thinks and does that. Yeah. Okay. We're ready to move on to parenting. Yeah. Okay. So we've got four kids. They're all different types. And cause that's usually what God does. If you guys have more than one kid, then you probably have very different kids. Um, we have three boys and one girl and they're all different types. We have two introverts and two extroverts and I'm at homeschool. So we're all together a lot. So knowing everybody's type has been really helpful for me. Um, to kind of figure out where where these behaviors and things are coming from. Like, is this child like being crazy and disobedient or do they have some kind of issue or is that just their <laughs> personality? Why are they being so quiet and off-putting? Is it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Is there something wrong or do they need to recharge because they've been around their siblings all day?
0: It's been super helpful. Um, the book that I like the best for kids is called Nurture by Nature. And it's by Paul Teeger and Barbara Baron Teeger. Um, it is specifically for typing kids and it's really, really useful. It goes through each type. It helps you learn to type your kids. And then it goes through how the types will be as they grow. So it starts from like birth to age four and then goes up in like elementary age and talks about what they might be like in high school and as an adult and like strengths and weaknesses. And it, it does it in a really positive way too. Um. And that's been really helpful. Generally, you can start typing your kids by age four, like trying to figure out the... You might not be able to get all four letters, but you can kind of have a good sense.
1: You'll certainly know if they're an introvert or extrovert pretty (laughs) quick.
0: Yeah. We have... (laughs) Some kids you'll be able to type even earlier. Some, like, you know, I was kind of trying to figure a couple of the last letters. But um, our youngest is five, and I have all of them typed. Like, I'm quite confident. And, like, in that... um, and I'm, you know, I'm not putting them in a box. I'm trying to help understand them. Um, and that has been super, super helpful to understand our children. And they even have examples of like what, oh, this ten-year-old Mary did this, and she's this type, and it's like, oh, okay. So like my kid is not crazy that they're doing something similar too. Yeah. Um, it helps to understand why the child's doing something, what motivates them, etc. It's also helpful to explain the brothers and sisters to our kids so like
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to like yeah. kind of
0: explain each other's type especially with the introvert extrovert situation
1: yeah. we've had many conversations because the extroverts get mad that the introverts don't want to play anymore or that the the rules of engagement for lack of a better term uh, have suddenly changed And they don't understand why. And it's because the introvert has run out of extrovertedness. Yes. And they need time away. Give them just five minutes even. But you got to give them some space. Just just go do something else for a little bit. And then you can come back and everything's fine. And it usually is like, you know, five to ten minutes later.
0: Yes. And on the same line, when the extroverts, when we're doing school and the extroverts just keep talking all the time... it's helpful to go. Okay, so they're processing their thoughts as they talk. You know how you think inside your head? Yeah. Well, they think outside their head. So, this is them learning yeah. as they're talking, and that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. they're talking so much more than you. Um and we have a mandated like quiet time, a 1 hour during the day where the kids have to read. And that is for the protection of our introverts <laughs> because otherwise they wouldn't have any um Time, like they would just play until they melted yeah Do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and
1: uh our two oldest uh, they're both boys and they share a room and one's an introvert and the other is an extrovert and frequently <laughs> the extrovert is still talking after putting them to bed and turning the light off so the introvert very much needs that daily uh, quiet time. And even when we go on vacations, we still have quiet time. Everyone has quiet time.
0: Everyone needs some space. Plus I'm usually the one home with them all the time. And it's like, I need some space too. people. So, yeah. Um, so this is just kind of fun um, to, you guys can think about what personality types your kids might have. Um, I think that my daughter is the exact same personality type as me, which is interesting because even though she's not the same person as me, I, but I see the type I think is similar and that's interesting too because she'll do again like she's not the same person as me like she's way more artistic for example um and like creative and stuff like that but um she'll do things that I would do too like she has like perfectionistic tendencies yeah. Yeah, she does. for example <laughs> Um, and does really care about other people and what you think and what you say. So when we discipline her, like you have to have a gentleness to it because she can get hurt if you're harsh. Yeah. I Whereas yeah. other children maybe need like a more clear and concise and abrupt, like this is the end, you're done kind of yeah. thing. And they're not their feelings are not going to get hurt at all. Yeah.
1: Because they've um, already moved on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. So our youngest is a boy who has my exact opposite personality. And he is, so he's ESTP. And in this book, they called Look, Mom, No Hands. That's like the, (laughs) that's the the summary of his personality. That is a perfect summary. of. He's just, I mean, he's the opposite of what you would think I am. So he's like, he's motivated by being fun it says they love physical humor and often fall down and do repetitive silly antics to get people to laugh like little perpetual motion machines they like to climb on anything so he's talking climbing moving having fun all the time not thinking through the consequences not worried about a care in the world yeah just loving life living life um it says it (laughs) takes quick thinking and great resolve to effectively parent young estps yes And it says they tend not to get their feelings hurt easily. No. So you would think that we would like great up on like he and I would kind of like, what's the word? Just like knock heads or whatever, like disagree a lot. Yeah. Or kind of irritate each other. But um, like learning his personality was really helpful to me. And in a lot of ways he kind of helps bring out the things that i don't have like i would love to just be like as completely carefree as he is and like he's just always living in the moment he's not afraid to like make a mistake or do something dumb like he'll just do stuff to try it and see if you'll laugh um and so it's kind of cool to see what we can learn from everybody's personality yeah and that god absolutely (laughs) like is just it's just fun like who he puts in your life because you have a kid and you don't know what you're gonna get yeah um but the the book has been really helpful, and kind of understanding our kids' types in general has been really helpful and we can know what to draw out for them, how we can reward them, what activities we might seek out for them, um yeah, even just like talking with our kids and kind of going, hey, like this is a little bit hard for you, but it's gonna be something you're gonna need to work on, um you know, kind of pulling out like those weaknesses of their personality,
1: yeah, and it yeah, and it helps to like going into doing a like activities or something, we know what we can generally expect from the introverts or the extroverts or the feeling kids or the thinking kids.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Like, like one kid really needs to be prepared ahead of time.
1: Yes. Much, (laughs) much ahead of time.
0: Oh, and I will say something funny. We were talking about some kids you can type really fast like really early on, we have a kid who's an INTJ. And if like, you know, Myers-Briggs, then you know, like the INTJ type. They're very like, very in their head, very smart, um, thoughtful. Like they tend they tend to be like um, characterized as having a lack of feeling and care for other people. They, they don't really, but like yeah. they're really big in thoughts and stuff. And when he was, he wasn't even one year old and he just like, he likes to take everything in. He wants to learn, learn, learn. So he's just like watching, thinking, and then he'll go do something with it. But um, there was a woman who just like saw him at like Gymboree and was like, your kid looks like he's psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, you would only say that about an INTJ, like a little baby. It's so funny.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, he does. He completely like stares you down, studies everything you're doing and he's sizing you up and figuring you out.
0: But as he's matured, like he, he does that less and less, right? A little bit. Uh, he does. He does. He's yes. a super sweet kid. Yeah, he's really sweet. And he's really smart. And those type of people tend to be like you know, physicists or something, something super smart. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about how God uses our personality. He uses our personality by using our strengths that he created for the good works that he prepared for us. So we know the verse from Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10, where it says... Um, for we are his workmanship having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand so we may do them. So God made us into his workmanship, his masterpiece, um, whatever. He made us a particular way, like he designed our personality for good works that he prepared beforehand that we might do them. So in some ways he gave us our particular strengths or a personality type because it will fit into the good works that God prepared before us. Um for example like Peter in the Bible was a bold leader and God ended up making him the head of the church so kind of like playing into his strengths. And then Paul, he was very smart, a strong leader and God used him to go in front of popular leaders and large groups to share the gospel. So again like kind of playing on Paul's strengths. Another thing God does which I think is important to recognize cuz we don't see this in the secular world, you know usually it's like trying to play up your strengths. But God can also use our personality by making up for our weaknesses and have us do something we absolutely would not be equipped for at all without his supernatural help. Um, In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, I'm content with weaknesses, with insults, with troubles, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Um, We know lots of examples of scripture where God has come in to the weaknesses of people and use them mightily through his power. And it's been demonstrated that it was like only by his power that it was done. Um, David, for example, like when he was chosen as King over his older and stronger military brothers, like people were not expecting that the young shepherd boy is going to be the next King. But of course that was God's design for him. In first Samuel 16, seven, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance. Talking about David or the height of his stature because I've rejected him for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Um, so of course God can use us both in our strengths and our weaknesses. Was he talking about David there or his brother? I think he was, he was talking about his brother <laughs> there because so he says I've
1: rejected him. Um,
0: yeah. he's speak, I was David probably said. talking
1: about the last brother at that. Um,
0: yeah, the strong guy
1: that David's brother that David's father brought to him uh, before bringing David.
0: All right. So, um, one thing to remember is that as we grow in sanctification and as we're made more like Christ, we aren't turned into another person, but we are made more like Christ and a holier version of ourselves. um, So God plans our personality type and um, uses it for his purposes. I'm still looking up the first Samuel thing.
1: Oh, okay. I was wondering what you were doing.
0: I don't want to do, I don't want to say it wrong. Oh yeah. Eliab. When he arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. And then God says, Don't look at his outward appearance or his height. For the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart.
1: Yeah, and kind of with that, I mean, the fact that Israel chose Saul as their king, like, goes right along with that.
0: Yeah, that Saul ended up not being the best.
1: Yeah, but he was physically yeah yeah uh, very, like, he was a tall, strong, strong, young man. Yeah. Like, exactly what an earthly ruler should look like in, in the opinion of the Israelites.
0: Yeah. I think that's important for us to consider, even as we like guide our children into what they may want to do. So like even these, these books that I've said are helpful or like typing, they'll say, Oh, this person would make a good teacher. This person would be like a good scientist or pilot or whatever. But like, we need to consider God's will for them Yeah, because they won't necessarily fit into like what their personality type says they will. It's whatever God calls them to be, even if they're not equipped for it.
1: Yeah, even if it's counter to their personality type. Right. They could still uh, just really excel at that. And then when they're not like doing their work is when they would recharge from doing their work based on their personality. You know, that God gives them what they need to do that mightily every single day. But then it's like, you know, they like. It just turns off when the workday is done uh, and then they're like, they're not really like that at all anymore. Uh, it happens.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Always follow, always follow God's will and pray about your decisions. Always. All right. I think that was a really fun aspect of our identity covering a personality. You know, I enjoy talking about it. Yes, it was fun. <laughs> all right. You ready to give our benediction?
1: I am. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners and are praying for you. If you'll take two minutes to rate and review our brand new baby podcast, we would be so grateful. For more info on today's episode, head to theologymeetsreality.com. Until next time, follow Christ, not culture.